You're listening to the Sheep Spot Podcast, a show for hand spinners about making yarns we love. Hi there. Welcome to episode six. I'm Sasha. I'm a spinner, a spinning teacher, and a dyer. And my fiber company, Sheepspot, offers diverse hand-dyed wool and the information and support you need to make those fibers into beautiful yarns. Before we get started, I want to thank you so much for, um, if you followed me on Instagram in the past little while, um, I was... I hadn't been on Instagram for a little while over the Christmas holidays and went back and discovered all these new followers and it made me really happy. Um, also, speaking of Instagram, it if you are listening to this podcast soon after it goes up on January 5th, I think, um, then you should know about the We Make Yarn Challenge on Instagram. That's hashtag we make yarn. And it is a month long challenge in January for spinners. So if you are into Instagram, definitely check out the hashtag and maybe think about participating. If you are listening to this podcast in the future, hello, future listeners. Um, sorry. Okay. Let's get into it. This week, we are talking about preparing your own fiber rather than working with commercially or mill prepared fiber. And so I'm going to talk about why people prepare their own fiber in the first place. Um, And if you've stuck to commercially prepared fibers up to now, this episode will try to explain to you why you might want to prep your own, help you evaluate whether you might want to give it a try and offer some hints about how to get started. If, on the other hand, you're already an old hand at prepping fiber and you already have your own prep tools, you might want to check out Sheepspot's Fleece Club, which I have designed uh, just for people in your situation who like to do your own prep and have some tools, but don't necessarily want to get involved with buying and washing entire fleeces. So members in the fleece club get three shipments of 100 grams each of premium washed fleece that I select myself and wash myself. Uh, And you also get information about the breed and sometimes you get information about the actual sheep whose fleece it is. Uh, The club will be open until January 12th. So again, if you're listening to this soon after I post it, as I record this, there are still a couple of spots left for the quarter. Once they're sold, memberships will open up again in late March. So if you're interested, you can head over to sheepspot.com slash fleece club to find out more. So why prepare your own fibers? For me, the reason I do it when I do it is, and I would say I do it about for about 30% of the projects I spin, I do it because I just love to do it. I love combing wool. And sometimes if I'm feeling upset or anxious about something, I will just, I'll just start a combing project because 
I find it really calming. Um, one of my favorite things to do in the summer is to just go out onto my deck, set up my combs and get some fleece and just go for it. Um, so the first reason you might want to do it is because it can be really fun in and of itself. The second reason, and this is something that will kick in only after you've gotten some practice, is that you may actually find that you make better yarns from fiber that you've prepared yourself. Millspun prep is often really, really good. Um, it varies quite a bit from mill to mill, but um, it's often good, but it's rarely perfect. So um, you can just, if you're a control freak like me, you can just micromanage um, at a whole other level when you are doing your own prep. Another reason to do it is that, and this is another reason that's important for me, uh, is that I find that it really deepens my understanding of whatever fiber I'm working with. I have it, I have the experience of it in my hands. I have time to really look at it, figure out sort of what its strengths and weaknesses are, get the feel of it. And I can spend the time that I am prepping it to think about what kind of yarn it would best be. And so it's kind of, to me, prepping fiber is a bit like swatching for knitting with a new a yarn you haven't used before. It's just a kind of time to get to know what the characteristics are of the fiber and how it behaves and to dream a little bit about what it might become. And finally, you might prepare your own fibers because it's the perfect post-apocalyptic life skill. I mean, if the zombie apocalypse comes, you will be able to clothe your entire family using only a sheep. So there's that. Okay, so let's talk about whether or not preparing your own fiber is for you if you haven't ever done it let's talk about some questions you might ask yourself. So it might be for you if you want to work with hard to find fibers. There are lots of commercially prepared fibers available, but the number of commercially prepared wool breeds, for example, is really a tiny fraction of the number of breeds that are out there. So if you want to work with and explore different breeds, there are lots of breeds that you're never going to find in a mill preparation. So in that case, you really have to prepare those fibers yourself. Um, preparing your own fibers may also be for you if you're patient. It does definitely add a fair amount of time to the, the um, length of time that it takes to complete a project. So um, it does require some patience, but as Judith McKenzie says, you know, if you're in a hurry, this probably isn't the activity for you. Uh, you could just go down to Target and buy that pair of socks. Prepping your own fiber may be for you if you can afford in some good prep tools. And I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about this later in the episode, but I want to just say that up front. Fiber prep tools are expensive. 
And it's not a cheap proposition. I'll be more specific about um, what things cost in a minute. And I really, really want to encourage you to work with good tools. I always want to encourage you to work with good tools because it makes everything so much more enjoyable. And it also supports the companies that provide us with the things we need as spinners. And lots of the people who make prep tools are also, lots of the companies that make prep tools also make spinning wheels or make other equipment for spinners. So they're a really important part of the spinning ecosystem. And so, yeah, just get some good tools. It's going to make your life easier. It's going to help these companies stay in business. And that makes the whole thing uh, work better for all of us. And finally, you might want to prep your own fiber if you either enjoy doing your own dyeing or you prefer to work with naturally colored fibers. So here are some situations in which fiber prep might not be for you. You might love fibers that are easy to find in prepared form and find working with them completely satisfying and not really feel the need to look at anything else. You might have very limited spinning time, or you might want to devote all your spinning time to actually spinning. As I say, fiber prep is time consuming. There's no way around that. And if your t- your time is very limited and you're really just really, really focused on making yarn right now, go ahead and make yarn, get prepped fiber and go for it. Prepping your own fiber might also not be for you if you just don't have the wherewithal to invest in good tools right now. Just set it aside, come back to it when you can. Um, Or if you're not interested in dyeing and you find naturally colored fiber boring and you really love spinning the work of the dyers that you adore, then you might, again, not really need to prep your own fiber. And the last thing is something that I've been really aware of this week uh, uh, because I kind of burned out my thumb a little bit doing holiday knitting for people. And that is your hands, if your, your hands don't always cooperate with you, maybe because of arthritis or other conditions, then fiber prep might not be for you because it can be hard on the hands. You need to think about ergonomics. And you also just need to think about wear and tear on your body. And is this the best way to, you know, especially if you have limited use of your hands in any way, again, you might want to use that time to spin or to knit or to do something else. So it's just something to be aware of if you have any kind of issue with your hands. So let's talk now about what you need to get started preparing your own fiber. And this is where things got a little more tricky. So the first thing you need is you need some unprocessed fiber, obviously. So you could buy a fleece. This requires access to fleeces and it requires a bit of know-how. Good sources of information on choosing fleeces are um, the video Three Bags Full by Judith McKenzie, um, by Judith McKenzie. 
And also Kate Larson's The Practical Spinner's Guide to Wool has some good information. Um, if you buy a fleece, the downsides are that you are going to then have a lot of wool on your hands, like probably at least, um, at least two pounds. And if you're not into spending big projects, that might be kind of overwhelming. And you also need, are going to need to wash the fleece. So this is something that requires, again, a bit of know-how. I would recommend um, Kate Larson's book, Practical Spinner's Guide to Wool, or Beth Smith's book, The Spinner's Book of Fleece. They both have very detailed instructions about washing fleece if that's the route you decide to go. The other possibility is that you could buy just a small amount of fiber, uh, washed or unwashed. There are lots of sellers on Etsy who sells small amounts of unprocessed fiber. It can be a bit hit or miss. So I definitely encourage you to make a small order the first time to get a sense of the quality and, you know, how quickly they ship and things like that. Look at reviews carefully. Uh, if that's, if this is the route you're going to go. Um, or if you're really sure that this is something that you want to do, again, I will just mention the Fleece Club. The Fleece Club is really designed for people who are kind of getting started with processing their own fiber. Um, so the first thing you need is you need some fiber. Uh, the next thing, and I'm going to say a little bit more about your very, very first fiber, the very first fiber you process uh, at the end of the episode. The next thing you need is you need some tools. So different uh, fiber prep tools are appropriate to different kinds of fleeces. So what I'm going to recommend in this episode is that you think about assembling what I would think, what I would call a basic fiber prep toolkit. Um, though again, at the end, I'm going to give you the one tool that you should probably start with. Um, so here's what's in a good basic fiber prep toolkit. The first thing is something called a flick carder. So this is a small square of carding cloth, and that's what we call um, the parts of the carder that have the metal teeth sticking out of them. That's uh, carding cloth. So it's a small square of carding cloth and it's uh, on a wooden backing and it's got a handle. And a flick carder allows you to open up individual locks of fiber. It can allow you to align the fibers and remove shorter fibers and also any vegetable matter that might be in the fleece. Flick carding, because of the way it works, um, and basically because of the fact that you have to hold on to the lock as you're carding it, uh, requires a longer lock. So I would recommend that when you're getting started, you look for a fleece whose staple length is at least three and a half inches so that you can avoid flicking your fingers. Um, later, you can probably, once you have some practice, you can probably work with shorter fibers, but Definitely err on the side of longer fibers when you're getting started. You'll also need a piece of leather or sturdy canvas to protect your clothes when you're flicking. 
And it's a good idea to have a spray bottle with some water in it nearby um, because the fibers do tend to get staticky as they're getting flicked. Flick carters are the least expensive pieces of prep equipment. They cost between $25 and $35. Uh, I would strongly recommend that you get a real flick carter and not try to use a dog brush. Lots of people try to um, use those slicker brushes for dogs. Um, I don't recommend that. A real flick carter is going to hold up better. It's going to do a better job. And it should last you kind of indefinitely. Uh, the, I've tried several of them. Uh, I think I had one from Howard Brush at one point, which I didn't love. The handle was a bit uncomfortable for me. I like the Ashford Flick Carter. I find that is the most comfortable for me to use. But again, your mileage may vary. And all of this stuff is very individual. It has to do with what feels good in your hands. So that's uh, really the thing to be focusing on when you're picking out these tools. So first thing, a flick carter. Second thing, a set of hand cards. So hand cards or hand carters allow you to open up fibers and you can do, you can work with several locks at a time uh, with hand cards and you use them to create either tiny little bats or what are called rolags. And rolags are little tubes of fiber that are just perfect for spinning woolen yarns, especially with a long draw technique. A couple of things to be aware of with respect to carding. Carding doesn't remove shorter fibers and it doesn't remove any vegetable matter that's in the fleece. So um, you will likely want to pick out anything that you don't want in your yarn before you put the fiber on your carters. Um, an advantage of using hand cards is that you can use them with very short fibers, including fibers as short as cotton. Um, they actually make special, very fine toothed carters, uh, especially for cotton. And you will need to think about, before you buy your carters, you'll need to think about whether you want carters um, with a flat piece of wood that attaches to the carding uh, cloth or whether you want a curved card. And this is going to depend some on where you learn how to card and who teaches you because there are many, many different ways to card. The technique that I use to card works best with curved back uh, carders. And I also find those the most comfortable for me. If it's possible, ask around among your spinning friends and um, ask if you can try their hand cards or, or at least hold them before you buy, buy any so that you can be sure that they're comfortable in your hand. Um, so, so you need to think about flat versus curved. And you also need to think about how fine or coarse you want the carding cloth to be. The measurements that we use to talk about uh, fine carding cloth versus a more coarse one is TPI, and that stands for teeth per inch. And that's the number of little metal tines that sticks up from the surface, surface of the carding cloth uh, in a square inch. And the more tines you have, the better the cards are going to be for working with fine fibers. 
So think about the kinds of fibers that you like to spin the best and try to get cards that will work with those fibers. My first pair of hand cards, which I still have an absolutely love and use all the time, are made by Schacht and they're the fine wool cards, which have 112 teeth per inch. I have done many, many different kinds of wool on those carters and they work really well. And I do tend to, in my own spinning, I do tend towards the finer end of things, um, fine and medium wools. So those have been a really, those were a really good first choice for me. Um, for Christmas, actually, I just got a pair of Clemis and Clemis wool cards. Uh, they are a bit coarser. They're 72 twists per inch. And I just actually used them for the first time last night to card some wool that uh, is going out in the first Fleece Club shipment. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I want it to be a surprise for the Fleece Club members. Um, but they they did very well and they're comfortable in the hand. I liked them. So those are two uh, really reputable, good companies to look at. Louette makes them, Ashford makes them, uh, I believe Maja Craft makes them, although I'm not completely sure about that. I know they make combs. There are other brands out there as well. Um, but definitely try to get your hands on them physically before you buy them. Uh, fiber festivals are a great place to shop for cards. So you can see what they actually feel like. Um, okay. So a flick carter, a pair of hand cards, and last but not least, a set of mini combs. Now, mini combs allow you to card, uh, sorry, to comb wool um, for making comb top or for spinning directly for the combs, from the combs which is a technique that I love. I find it gives me really, really good con control when I'm making a worsted yarn. So there are lots and lots and lots of different styles and types of combs. There are little combs and big combs, and there are combs from different nat national or regional spinning traditions. It can be a little bit confusing and intimidating at first, but I'm suggesting that you start with mini combs because I think that for most spinners, they are the most versatile and the most useful. Unless you're someone who is combing entire long wool fleeces, and that's a whole other podcast. So, um, and if that's the case, then you know who you are and you know that you know what you need. So, um, you're not my intended audience right this second. Uh, because the process of making combs is a bit more involved than making either flickers or make or hand cards, these will likely be the most expensive addition to your toolkit. And mini combs range in price from about $80 US to about $200. Compare that to say 70 to 100 uh, US dollars for hand cards. So they're going to be the most expensive tool. But if you enjoy spinning worsted yarns, or if you are really, really bothered by VM, one of the great things about combing is that it takes out 
all the junk. So you can start with a really, really dirty fleece and give it a quick comb and then spin away without having to worry about getting a lot of hay in your yarn. Um, I definitely recommend them. Uh, I love, as I said, I love combing just as an activity, but I also really love the results it gives me in my yarn. So if you're a worsted spinner, definitely think about it. Um, this is another case in which it's really useful to try before you do- you buy. So if you have any f- spinning friends or if you belong to a guild, ask people you know um, to show you their car- their combs, to show you how to use them and let you try them out. Uh, again, it'll be some useful to think in advance about the kinds of fiber that you like to work with best because some combs are better suited just like with hand cards, some are better suited to fine fibers than others. Um, And generally speaking, the more rows of teeth or pitches, those are called the little rows of tines in the combs, uh, the more pitches you have and the more closely spaced the individual teeth are to one another, the better the the combs will be for fine fibers. Um, I have two, uh, sets of mini combs. The first one is a two pitch, um, sorry, a a set of two pitch hand combs from Blue Mountain Handcrafts. I talk about these all the time. I've had them now for a good number of years. I absolutely love them. You have to custom order them. Um, but I have found that they're very versatile. They're good for a a wide range of fleeces and the handles are extremely comfortable for me. I can use them for really long periods of time without having, uh, fatigue in my hands. I also have a set of Valkyrie super fine combs and I tend to use those less often both because they really are designed for extremely fine fibers. And that's not always what I'm working with. And because they're just less comfortable in my, for my hands. Um, the handles of the Blue Mountain handcrafts combs are shaped and the Valkyrie handles are just kind of round dowels, basically big fat round dowels. Um, and they're not, uh, not as pleasant for me to work with. Lots of spinners swear by the Louette mini combs. I've never tried them, but Deb Robson swears by them. So that's another thing you might want to look at. So uh, the last thing that you need after you collect your fiber and you get your tools is you're going to need some instruction on how to do all this stuff. So I want to offer some suggestions of good places to look for info on fiber prep. So first off, a couple of books, both of which have quite comprehensive discussions of fiber preparation with good photographs of each step. The first one is Beth Smith's The Spinner's Book of Fleece. And the second one is The Practical Spinner's Guide to Wool. Both of those, I think, if you're a person who can learn well from pictures and from written descriptions, I think either of those books would serve you well. 
If you're a person for whom video is a better way to learn things like this, I would recommend Esther Rogers' Craftsy class on fiber preparation. It's a really excellent overview. She covers not only hand carding, flick carding, and hand combing, but she also talks about drum carters and about blending boards. So it's really a comprehensive course. And if you get it, you know, when Craftsy is doing one of their 50% off sales, it's not very expensive and I think it's well worth it. Um, the other thing that I want to recommend for you is uh, a video that Beth Smith made for Shacked. And I'll include a link in the show notes. This is a video about using hand cards in particular. It's about 20 minutes long and it's very comprehensive and useful and clear. Um, so those are a few things that I would suggest that you take a look at. Uh, there are lots of other YouTube, there are millions of YouTube videos of people doing prep. Um, but I did a quick search today. I, aside from Beth's video, I didn't find anything that really um, I thought stood out to me, both in terms of the quality of the production and the quality of the instruction. Um, one thing that I, in particular, that I was not able to find was a good video about flick combing. So I'm actually going to make one of those for you. I'm going to try to make it by the time that this episode goes up and it'll be on the same page on my website where you can find the, uh, this episode. So that's going to be sheepspot.com slash podcast slash episode six. So look out for that if you need a little help getting started with flick carding. So um, it may be seeming to you that this is a pretty involved business to get into. You need, you need fiber, you need tools, you need to figure out what you're doing. Um, and it can be a bit of an expensive proposition. So what do you do if you want to try this out in a way that doesn't cost a huge amount of money and to just find out whether prepping your own fiber is something that you enjoy doing? Here, here are my suggestions about that. Get yourself a flick carter, a piece of leather or heavy canvas, an old pair of jeans will do fine, and your spray bottle for static electricity. Get yourself some washed, fine, or medium wool fleece. Uh, and you can see the first episode of the podcast for information about what breeds to look for in those categories of wool. Check out uh, one of the info sources that I've just talked about for guidance on how to flick locks. And then flick some and try spinning them. And I give you a few more details about this in uh, the handout for this episode. You want to make sure when you're choosing your the wool that you're working with, A, that it has a long enough staple that you can flick card it without flicking your fingers. So you want to be looking for something that's at least three, three and a half inches long. And the other thing is that since 
in flick carding, you go lock by lock. You need some fiber that has been washed in such a way that the lock structure is pretty well intact. So those are a couple of things to look for if you're, if you say decide to go on Etsy and um, look for just a small amount of washed wool to experiment with. Um, I think you, you can probably get out of this for $30 or so. Um, and it will tell you a lot about whether you'll enjoy preparing your own fiber and want to pursue it. You'll get a sense of how much work is involved, of how long it takes, of how physically taxing you find it. And, you know, if you love it, go for it. Start assembling your toolkit. If you don't love it, go in peace, my friend. You never have to do it again. Like, it's not, I do not believe... I'm against the spinning police in general, but I don't believe that you have to prep your own fiber to be like a real spinner, whatever that means. Um, If you hate doing it, don't do it. If you don't have time to do it, don't do it. This is really the point of this whole thing is to be fun. So no, no guilt, no judgment. All right. If you have already done some prep and you know that you like it and you want to go deeper. What are my suggestions about that? My first suggestion is join the fleece club. Um, The second suggestion is get the next set of tools that appeals to you. So if you've started with flick carding, get yourself some mini combs. If you prefer to spin worsted, get yourself some hand cards if you prefer to spin woolen and see episode four of the podcast for the difference between those two things. Um, And, you know, have at it and let me know how it goes. I think that is about it for this week's show. You can find the show notes for this episode with links to all the resources and um, all the tools, the specific tools I've mentioned, you can find that all at sheepspot.com slash podcast slash episode six. And uh, if you are intrigued by the possibility of doing your own prep, but you've never done it, I've got a free worksheet for you that's on that very same page, uh, sheepspot.com slash podcast slash episode six that will help you think it through and get started. And if you're interested in the Fleece Club, either for this quarter or for the future, head to sheepspot.com slash fleece club. If spots are available, you can just sign up for one of them. If not, sign up to be notified when the club opens again next time. I don't always promote the Fleece Club to my big newsletter list. Um, I use, I always promote it first to the people who have specifically asked to be notified about it. So if you think you might be interested, please do get yourself on, on that list. Thank you so much for listening, my friends. I will see you next week. Bye-bye.